hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Mental Health Monday. For our month of March, we are quickly approaching April. I don't know how y'all are feeling about that. <laughs> it feels like it is coming very soon. We're getting Kayla in here so we can chat. All right. How's everyone feeling today? There you go. Hey. Check one, two. It's connecting. Can you hear me? I can hear you. There oh, you go. There. I see you. <laughs> We're here. Hi. <laughs> welcome to another Monday. Yes. Hello, hello, everybody. World of ours. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. It is Mental Health Monday, month of March. We're going to talk about people-pleasing and codependency today. Mm. <clears throat> so we'll get started by introducing ourselves for those of you who are new or haven't seen us in a while. My name is Katrina Long. I am a healing arts therapist in Inglewood, California, and the founder of Manifesting Me Wellness, where I provide holistic mental health services to the BIPOC community. Yes. Hello, everybody. My name is Kayla, and I am a EMDR-trained yoga psychotherapist yes, in California, <laughs> and also the founder of The Well Healing, where we provide services for individuals and communities experiencing marginalization and oppression. There we go. Yes, um, so, uh, before we get started, I just feel like I need to just name, like, I know there's a lot happening in a lot of our communities right now, and I don't even know the wealth of everything that is going on, um, but I know that there are a lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening and a lot of emotions um, that are very high right now with trials and shootings and all the things. So, I just want to name that and just remind everyone to take really good care of themselves Stay away from the social, stay away from the media, do all the things that you need to do to just honor yourself as we move through this time. Yes, yes. I just echo that. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so people pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm... nothing about that. Why are we talking about it? <laughs> okay, yeah. I wish that was the case in life, right? Right, um, right. We are talking about it because it's coming up in therapy a lot with my clients in particular, I can name, um, but it, it's like this reoccurring theme that I feel like often comes back in therapy with mm -hmm. new clients, with continuing clients where this is kind of like a topic that we're constantly revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like, um, not I feel like, but I'm definitely having to revisit with my clients and with myself too, like setting boundaries um, and dealing with the discomfort that comes up with that. And I guess it does kind of like, kind of ebb and flow in therapy, just because I think about uh, how being in relationship with other people, like Absolutely. that has moments where it feels easier and, and harder to really do so. Um, I feel that. And then just personally, I mean, I'm being funny, obviously, but have definitely had to do a lot of work myself of like, <laughs> learning that overgiving does not have to mean love, you know, <laughs> and what it means to actually like, 
you know, set a boundary or two. And please right. maybe myself first, you know what I mean? So, right. yeah. yeah. I think what you just named is really important. I was going to be like, let's define it. But I think you defined it really well. It's this overgiving of yourself. Mm. Um, at the detriment of yourself, right? right so right. it's not just doing a lot for folks, but in, in the way that it can cause harm to you, where you're then ignoring your own needs, you're not even acknowledging, not even that you're completely ignoring them, but you don't even know what your needs yeah. are. Sometimes yeah. you don't even recognize what our needs are. We're so busy paying attention to other people and their needs. Yeah, absolutely. The metaphor that I use a lot with my clients who uh, are in the over take caretaking role and stuff like that is we can't pour from an empty cup. We can't give from an empty well. Ding. Um, <laughs> and that it's really from um, imagining us as this cup that it's from the overflow it's from right. the, the saucer that's catching the goodness that is just mm -hmm. overflowing that we give from others you know what I mean or recognizing even if we are giving from our cup when it's becoming depleted when there's not yet yeah. enough to pour and nourish yourself anymore you know what I mean because it's always a continuum and one of the things I was just talking about with a client earlier is like um, we're not always going to be in balance or have, um, you know, life set up so that these things are easy. But there are going to be times where maybe you are giving a little bit more and that's okay. There's right. a way to move about it with intention and care within that spectrum, though. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's important to acknowledge because we don't we don't want people to get to the point where they're not giving anything. Right, right. Or where they're uncomfortable in circumstances where they could be giving more and maybe it's necessary right mm -hmm. so there are times in every relationship where the the other person or other people in that dynamic are needing additional care because yeah. of something that they're going through circumstances that are happening in their environment or things of that nature it's just like you know you might give additional care to your partner because they're sick in mm -hmm. this moment right mm -hmm. or they don't have a job. You're the only one who can pay the bills. So you got to do a little bit extra to pay these bills. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of life circumstances that require us to give a little bit more of ourselves in certain circumstances, but that that is temporary. It is not something that we do on a regular basis all the time with everybody. Like that's yes. not reasonable. Yes. That's, that's the asterisk on it. You know, it's the continuous <laughs> habitual chronic, like just depletion of self in the name mm -hmm. of other people or you know mm -hmm. what I mean so yeah it's when it's that um the way you move is at a detriment to your well-being uh that it becomes an issue right but that's so real like there are definitely going to be times where we're giving a lot we're right. giving more and that's okay but it's still there's still intention that can be had even in those circumstances right so right. yeah right. Mm -hmm. and there can be an exchange so even though i might be giving more in one area that doesn't mean that this person can't provide in other areas right so the, the dynamic might shift or the balance might shift but the overall balance mm -hmm. is still different. like there's still this give and take that's happening and i think that's important yes yes period um <laughs> 
totally agree. And so why do you think that this, though, is such a constant conversation? Why is it so difficult for us? And I'm, I'm saying us, I'm with y'all. If you're like, right. stop reading me, <laughs> I'm getting read to. Why is it so hard for us to shift that um, people pleasing or maybe even to frame it like self-betrayal? Um, right. Why is that so hard to stop even when it doesn't feel good? I had a feeling you were going to ask this question. <laughs> um, I actually, I think there are a lot of layers to that, but I think it, it all comes back to why it starts in the first place. Ooh. And I think a lot of the reason why it starts in the first place, depending on who you are, the environment you grew up in, but as Black women, how many institutions, how many isms, how many narratives, how many, like, just people, things that have constantly told us that we, this is our role in life, right? As, as women or as female-bodied individuals, like we are recognized as nurturers, right? Mm -hmm. And that it is our job to care for other people to the detriment of ourselves, not considering right. ourselves in a lot of ways. As Black folks, we get that same narrative. Um, it is always us who is on the front line, doing all the work, doing all the right. Um, and then you combine that those two together, all of these different intersections. Capitalism yeah. <laughs> completely teaches us to ignore ourselves right. and just right. worry about money and all these other things, right? Getting these bills paid. There are so many narratives and so many institutions that are constantly giving us this information and feeding it to us in different ways. That then we get to a point in life and we realize, like, I don't do anything for myself. Right. And nobody's taught me to. Right. So right. now I'm having a hard time. And I'm in therapy and I'm talking to my therapist about it because I'm struggling in all my dating relationships and all my friendships. Because <laughs> my kids like find out. <laughs> <laughs> you get into a relationship and you're like, ooh. <laughs> right. Um, and then and then it becomes this constant conversation because mm -hmm. for me, at least in therapy, like watching people kind of unravel all of that, it's like they get better mm -hmm. in this one particular relationship. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm still doing that with my sister. Now I got to do this with my sister. Oh, yeah, I'm still like this with my mom. And then I got to do it with my mom. And it's this like reoccurring theme that keeps coming up, but it's in every relationship it's with your job it's with mm -hmm. your partner it's with your parents it's like all of these layers so i think right. it comes back to like these narratives that we're taught throughout our entire lives right right i know girl that was a really big question that wasn't fair but you handled it so well because that is that is so true um in terms of always with an intersectional lens, the ways that we are told from every which way that um, for whatever reason, the person in front of us next to us is more worthy or more deserving of our, of our time, our resources, or we are not right. as deserving of our own time and resources for whatever different reason. You know what I mean? Um, and it's so much to peel back those layers mm -hmm. and like you said it ends up being so interconnected between usually like all these different relationships and right. areas of our life usually if this is something that is happening 
in one kind of setting. There's at least maybe characteristics of it within all of these mm -hmm. other areas of our lives too, right? Um, which makes me think of the real impact that people pleasing has um, um, is that you're overgiving, right? And a lot of the times folks are telling me like, I just feel exhausted. Like I have right. nothing left to give. And if you're overgiving with your loved one, if you're overgiving with your um, friends, if you're overgiving with your family and also in your job and also right. with with this other part of your life, right? If you're overgiving almost all of the time in all of these different ways, like, of course you're going to feel exhausted. You know what I mean? Yes, which also makes me think of like having to remind myself, remind my clients like, fam, you're a human being and human beings cannot do all of that stuff. Right. All of the time. You know right. what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. A question I like to ask clients a lot is, okay, if the if you're doing all of these things for all of these people, where is there space for you? Like where where is the space for you? If we line up all the things that you're doing on a daily basis, where is the space for you? And a lot of times there is none, right? Right. Um, but it and then it becomes like, okay, well, how do we make space for you? What does it look like to then make space for you? Even if it's just like a couple minutes a day and starting in that space, right? Even if it's just being more intentional with some of the things that you do for yourself and extending that. But like, where is there space for you? If you're not creating space for you, ain't nobody else going to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because the thing, right, when you start to set those boundaries is a lot of time folks get uncomfortable with you now setting that boundary, right? Because there is usually some sort of decreased access that they have mm -hmm. to whatever resource that they were um, getting in that moment, right? Um, so I think a big part that is difficult of shifting people pleasing is because now you're having to like move counter to what has felt like the safest way to move right um and i want to name that too that people pleasing um i know a big thing for me that came up was feeling like um oh well does this just mean i'm some like weaker individual mm -hmm. right but having to really understand like no this has been something that has kept me safe it has, has been a survival strategy to make Absolutely. sure that as someone who in all of these different spaces didn't have power or ability to control different things in my environment, Absolutely. that if I can keep the person, whether that's your guardian, whether that's your peer, whether that's your boss, um, happy, then I'm safer, that that is a very real and valid means of trying to make it through. So yeah. I want to share that too, just in case um, some of the shame or the stigma starts to pop up and thinking about right. codependency or people pleasing, right? That it's really just you relearning how to relate to yourself and how to relate to others in a way that does, it is rooted from a place of like power, Absolutely. you know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because I think what often gets um, comes up missing in this conversation is just that 
And it reminds me, like, of the conversation about trauma. There's all this talk mm -hmm. about, like, fight or flight. And then sometimes we talk about freeze. And sometimes we talk, and very rarely do we talk about fawning. And how mm -hmm. fawning is, is that people-pleasing. It's the ability to kind of uh, cater to whomever this person is that is causing you to feel unsafe. Right? right and how if i can kind of buddy up to this person a little bit and make them like me then maybe uh maybe i'll be safer maybe they won't um fire me maybe they won't harm me those type of things right. and in our communities how often we've had to do that over the years with government entities racist folks bosses all the things just so that we could pay bills and mm -hmm. be safe on the streets right like police officers and things of this nature. Like there are so many areas of our lives where we have had to fawn as like a trauma response right. because that was the only way we knew how, that we could be safe in those environments. And so if this is not like a people pleasing is wrong conversation, it's yes. more like when it's no longer serving you or when it's not serving you in certain dynamics is learning to then shift it because mm -hmm. we did it for so long. And then at some point you look up and go, I don't want to do this, or right. I don't want to do this in this scenario. Mm -hmm. This is not serving me in this scenario. And right. it's learning to decipher. Cause there might be moments where people pleasing gets you places. And yeah. I ain't even gonna take that away from nobody. <laughs> right, right. There's no, no judgment around that at all. And it's definitely when you recognize like, you, you're in one of our offices or you're like, yo, I'm exhausted every single yeah. day. This this isn't working. That now you have an awareness that offers you the opportunity to shift. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and to understand that that shift is going to take time. Uh, that it is, I, folks will be, okay, we'll have a session. They'll be like, all right, I'm going to set a boundary with my mom. Here I go. And then we come back and they're like, I didn't do it, or I did it, and it was the worst, and I messed up all my words, or she didn't even listen, whatever, right? Um, and I say, you know what? You have had X amount of years of yeah. having this one very well-known practice, one well-known way of being. Do you think in the, because i work mostly with adults right so in the 20 plus years that you've had of moving through life right. in this way that you're gonna wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden this completely different shift that's happening in your body in your mind emotionally right. as well is just gonna be you know what I mean I was like now in the timeline does that make any sense right. no <laughs> so also allowing yourself that grace and you might even have to allow if it's helpful for you to allow the people around you some grace that they're going to have to catch up to yes. this shift too, you know, cause you're showing up. They've had however long of being able to relate with you in this certain way. And you pop up and you're like, skirt, actually no longer right. <laughs> the whiplash of well, what do you mean? You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So right. Yeah. yeah, we have yeah. to re re teach people what the dynamics are in a relationship. And that can be really hard for Absolutely. folks to accept. Um, yeah, for all parties. For <laughs> all parties. Hard, like, there, I, I find with a lot of clients and even myself, the challenge that I have when I'm like, 
okay, I'm going to set a boundary is I'm thinking about because, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that they're happy, right? So mm -hmm. then I'm thinking about how they're going to respond. And then right. I'm choosing my boundaries based off of how I think they're going to respond. And I'm, it's this constant cycle. So it's also challenging for the person who is trying to shift the narrative or the dynamic because, it, I mean, it's such a, it's, such a pervasive thing that's just happening in our bodies on so many levels. Right. Um, yes. There's fear of rejection that's coming up. There's fear of like loneliness. If everybody just ditched, mm -hmm. there's fear of being fired. If you say it to your boss the wrong way or, um, or, you know, not having your partner anymore or like yeah. there's so many consequences that are very real yeah. that can come up and so also just acknowledging like it's going to be hard on all ends yes 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 because in a sense you are testing that relationship right i know that's the big thing that comes up yeah. is like can whatever this relationship is handle this shift you know what i mean and the fear of if they're not feeling this new boundary, mm -hmm. then what does that mean for, for me, for us? You know what I mean? And so reckoning with what happens in the relationships that are not accepting of those boundaries, right? right? And so what does that reveal about the relationship that in making a decision that is for your health and well-being, right. uh, something that is problematic or resisted against you know cu being curious about right. what, what values <laughs> they this right. was this relationship built on you know what i right. mean because mm -hmm. the folks who are invested in your happiest healthiest self is going to be willing more sure. willing i imagine um the willingness may or may take time, but right. you know there will be <laughs> a, 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 <laughs> you know a willingness to shift because what I value yeah. is my relationship to you, I, or my or what I value is you versus right. what I am able to get, get from, yes right. from the relationship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it, it's a it's a learning curve. <laughs> it's yeah, a learning curve. it's a it learning takes curve. That. It takes time. Um, I'm feeling called to just like acknowledge also how we can go all the way to the opposite end when mm. we first start realizing like, oh, like I'm not setting boundaries. My boundaries are really poor. And then we go to that place of like, everybody gets all the boundaries. everybody. And how often that conversation then comes up too, or it's like, well, I thought I was setting boundaries because, you know, this person hurt my feelings one time and I threw up this brick wall and ain't nobody getting in. And it's right. like, no, that's also not the goal. The goal no. is not that you like shut everybody out and keep right. everybody at arm's distance. It's being able to engage intimately mm -hmm. um, and in a safe way, in a way mm -hmm. where both of y'all or all parties involved can get their needs met equally. Yes. Um, or in the way that is in balance in that moment. Yes, yes. That... What you just said reminded me of a quote that I love by mm -hmm. Prentice Hemphill, the uh, podcast speaker of Finding Our Way. Highly recommend mm -hmm. y'all. And uh, they shared um, 
boundaries, and this is a loose translation if it's not exactly correct, but boundaries are the distance where I'm able to love you and me simultaneously. Yes. Yes. And that really helped me look and relate to boundaries differently in that mm -hmm. it is not me rejecting this other person it's not me denying care or denying love for this person but yes. it's keeping uh myself as part of the equation as well you know what i mean um yes. the ways that right because if you have this sort of natural tendency to um to to caretake to love to give like uh that's a beautiful thing that you have this gigantic heart you know what i mean Absolutely. and is there not also enough space in this big heart for you to have a a piece of it as well you know what mm -hmm. i mean and to value yourself as a community member in the ways that you're validate that you're valuing yes. the people around you um, yes. Yes. i say y'all i had to really learn some things y'all <laughs> Listen, we all do. We yeah. all do. I don't I I don't know a single person that hasn't experienced this in some way, right? Yeah. It might look very different for many of us, but I think that's why it's so important to just acknowledge how rooted it is in our systems, right? right. There's so many layers of how we are taught that we are the sacrificial lambs mm. in every environment in our lives and yes. that that it, depending on your intersections and how many of how many of those interactions you've had, like mm -hmm. you're just swimming in that narrative right. and trying to keep your head above water until one day you realize, like I'm exhausted, I'm tapping out, like mm -hmm. I'm at the point where I'm drowning, and I, I don't know how to then find myself and be safe and be comfortable with myself. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times people come to therapy in those moments when they're like, I have no more to give. And it's not even that they're coming because they have no more to give to themselves. They don't have any more to give to other people. And they're really like, this is something I normally do and I'm not doing it anymore. I'm so tapped out. I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes this exploration of like, well, yeah, you weren't caring for yourself. There was nobody pouring into you, including yourself. And so you tapped out. Right, right which is going to happen and sometimes Absolutely. that has to be enough of the motivation as well i'll tell folks I'll, if you're not if it's not enough that you're gonna be on the floor depleted <laughs> if you're on the floor depleted then you're not even gonna be in the position right. anymore to support the loved ones that you're going ham for Absolutely. so it makes more sense for you <laughs> to sit your butt down now Yes. <laughs> so that uh, you can continue to show up for these people in your lives. And the hope is that along the way of doing that practice, even in the name of still other people, along the way you recognize that it is something that is valid and deserving mm -hmm. just for yourself. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have one question for you. A little personal, but <laughs> yeah. What your what is I guess your favorite or the way that you have found has been the most useful in uh, kind of stalling that people pleasing and setting those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know what? Something that was a really big shift for me was 
trusting my first instinct and mm-hmm. like my gut reaction and for me literally my gut reaction uh i'm very intuitive there goes that ring light um so usually <laughs> um if i'm being asked for something i have a sense whether or not this is really in my capacity whether it's mm-hmm. like oh, okay or if it's like a, if i if i feel a sense of constricting um I pay attention to that now as a real message and feedback from my body about whether or not this feels like right. something good for me. And that might sound really simple, but it at least gives me, if I feel that come up, noticing a constriction, I take more time to figure out what's happening in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so really trusting that my first response of yes, I can do this right now, or no, this doesn't feel good, really honoring that most honest um, response, um, which is really right me having to value, affirm, um, and trust my own wisdom, even if people pleasing mind is like, oh, well, you can bend over backwards and make it work and be like, actually, no, <laughs> no, I'm not right. going to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Coming back into the body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for you? What's been helpful in making that kind of shift? I think for me, um, two things. One is making it really tangible. So when it comes to like my calendar, I physically write it out. And when people ask for pieces of my time, I look at the physical calendar and I go, yep, I ain't got it. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I don't know where you expect me to fit that in. There's yes. stuff somewhere. I don't have it. Um, so that has been really helpful for me to my very Virgo mind to have it very tangible. Um, and I schedule in like my meals sometimes when I know that I'm really packed and I'm having a hard time saying no. It's like put everything on there, different colors and everything so that I know where the care for Katrina is. The other piece is for me, like this statement, and people have probably heard me say this a million times, but this statement of like, that doesn't feel in alignment right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's different than just saying no. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, sometimes it's like, I really want to do it, but I just can't right now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it, it's less about for me just completely saying no, I would like to, I would love to engage in that. I just don't have the capacity in this moment. Yeah. And so being able to acknowledge, like, okay, it's not in alignment in this current state of being that I'm in, in this uh-huh. moment. And that we can maybe revisit that conversation at a later date. I can maybe revisit that conversation with myself at a later time, but that in this moment, it's not in alignment. Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm using that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And that also reminds me just as a general thing uh, for folks that practice, like find the language that feels most authentic, um, to you and then actually practice saying it to yourself in the mirror or saying it to somebody else you know what i mean it can be a lot to actually like actually verbalize like setting that so allowing yourself you know to have a couple of test runs too um about what what verbiage feels good in setting a boundaries i i really like that one so Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) It's gotten me through a lot of things, especially 
as a business owner because like it's just me and I can't do everything but there are a lot of moments where I'm like yes I'm really excited and I would love to collab with you give me a month yeah. <laughs> like right I now open-ended that is mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. like we could revisit this conversation later but in this moment it's not in alignment I can't I can't make it fit I don't have the capacity all the things so period yeah oh my god I know we have to end y'all it should have this is the very I keep saying that for real this is gonna be the last thing that I say that that does remind me though that like your boundaries they get they don't have to be a, a hard wall like you get to decide kind of what moves in and out of that you get to decide the time space around that that saying um that it doesn't always have to be no it can also right. be not right now or can i right. take some time to think about that like boundaries as well has um a range and a scope and you really have to do the work of figuring out what does the right. boundary look like you know what yeah. i mean yeah which is a whole other episode but this was this was <laughs> amazing yeah i know we we probably should let us know y'all if you want us to keep this going or give any more tips or advice around boundary setting but yeah this was awesome this was amazing as usual all right i'm gonna let you go and get on with the rest of your monday thanks for chatting with us thank you for being here everyone who joined us and we will see y'all next month same channel monday last monday of the month (laughs) because we are officially in going into second quarter so i'll see y'all there (laughs) have a good one